Hello, and welcome to Women on the Line, one of Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs Program, produced at 3CR Community Radio and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm your host, Amy McMurtry. Women on the Line acknowledges this program is produced and presented on the sovereign lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We acknowledge Elders past, present and becoming, as well as the owners of the land you are hearing us from now. Invasion Day, commonly known as Australia Day in this country, is a time for mourning and for struggle. Women on the Line remembers those who died in horrifying deaths in the frontier wars and those killed in massacres around the country. We still live in a colonised country where there is no treaty. Today we'll be looking at the intergenerational trauma created by a system and a culture which will not recognise sovereignty, that is rather intent on genocide. On today's Women on the Line, we hear from Lydia Thorpe from Grandmothers Against Removal about forced removals and racist policies surrounding out-of-home care, which sees children removed from their families, community and culture. Lydia Thorpe is a former Greens MP for Northcote and currently the Chief Treaty Negotiator for the Victorian Traditional Owner Land Justice Group. The establishment of the Victorian chapter, if you like, of GMARS came about um, by the New South Wales grandmothers contacting me uh, whilst I was an MP and um, suggesting that, you know, we do something similar here in Victoria given the high rates of child removals and the continued rising of of those numbers, you know, we're at about 2,000, they continue to rise. So uh, I contacted a number of grandmothers and mothers who um, I knew were, you know, had been affected by these uh, removals and this policy of removal. And they were really um, relieved to have been contacted and be part of a conversation about how we can, you know, stop stop this from happening any further. A lot of these grandmothers had been at a point of absolute disrepair in terms of um, not knowing where to go to and who to talk to. Um, All of the services that are funded to support them uh, have failed them and you know, they, they couldn't get legal representation, didn't understand, some people didn't understand the Act or the, or the legislation around this. And there was just this feeling of hopelessness and, and despair from grandmothers who, you know, had their grandchildren in care for, you know, five, ten years and been fighting all of that time. So we started off with a small group of about uh, six or seven people and at the last meeting, you know, we're up to 35 to 40 grandmothers attending. And they're grandmothers from regional areas and from Melbourne, you know, all around um, that are getting word of, of this movement and the work that, you know, we're small, small steps that we're being able to achieve by having the children's commissioner there, the the new Children for Aboriginal Young People 
um, Justin Muhammad uh, attends our meetings. He's invited to attend all of our meetings. Uh, and we also had the presence of the New South Wales Ombudsman's Office in, the, in one of our meetings. But since then, we also have the Victorian Ombudsman's Office attending. So grandmothers get an opportunity to tell their story. And these, you know, people in positions of power can hear these stories and um, try and change the system within. So it's um, it's not an easy task because, you know, we're not funded and it costs money and resources to, to get grandmothers to Melbourne for these meetings. But also just the stories um, that are shared, are, you know, they're, they're just heartbreaking. And um, so they're not easy, you know, discussions mm. to be had. But certainly we, we need to do something. This cannot go on any further. And, we, you know, too many of our children have been taken away. And we know what that means. It's, you know, yes, it is a new stolen generation that we're seeing. These children are being removed from their culture, their family and their communities. And it, it has to stop. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned, you know, how powerful it is for the for the grandmothers that come together. And I'm wondering how you see that power translate in those meetings with those people within the power. And you mentioned there's been some achievements that you've made. And I'm wondering if you could speak a bit to that. Well, I know, for example, that there have been... Uh, so we also invite legal aid and... There's only been, you know, a couple of small wins in that people have got legal support um, and I know that the Commissioner himself has taken up particular cases of children being at risk in some of these uh, non-Aboriginal families that they've um, been put into. So it's very small, but it doesn't change the fact that this is, still continuing and that we need to do more about it and we need to support these grandmothers to come together I mean just the fact that they can come together and hear each other's stories and know that they're not the only ones experiencing this in their own you know community has also been quite empowering um, for these grandmothers to stand up and have a voice. Absolutely those kind of collective moments I think when you bring people together like you talked about and it sounds like people are coming from quite far distances are you know incredibly powerful and um yeah absolutely we we have and you know and luckily we do have you know some staunch volunteers we have about four volunteers that pick people up from the airport because we have elders flying in from Mildura um we have volunteers that that make the lunch on the day and and just look after the elders the way they should be looked after. So mm. if it wasn't for those dedicated volunteers, you know, it'd be very difficult to, to have these meetings. And they're doing it because they want to contribute. They're not on any payroll. They don't they don't have any vested interest but to be part of this movement and stop the removal. Yeah. So um, can you tell us what are some of the biggest concerns of GMAR at the moment? In Victoria, it's um, the legislation and how um, 
you know, the, the organisations and the departments that uh, our children are, you know, first seeing uh, aren't going through the proper processes of that legislation. And, you know, the first part um, in that is that these children need to go to a family member. The second part of that is if you can't get to a family member, then uh, they need to be with extended family. third part is if you can't get to extended family, you go to community. And the last, the last uh, resort is that they go to non-Aboriginal people. Now, um, what I'm hearing is that a lot of these children are going straight to non-Aboriginal families. Mm. So they're bypassing the first three steps in this legislation that ensures that our children are um, still connected to family, culture and community. So uh, that's the biggest issue I'm hearing um, and we're questioning that. Why, you know, if the, there are faults with the legislation but... Um, there are some good points in that legislation also and why why isn't it being followed and um, the, with the amount of money that some of these organisations are receiving to, to remove children and be part of that process, there's no care for the family or the parents that these children are being removed from. So, so to give an example... Um, there was there's a couple of families who who have raised the issue of permanency. So once these children have been in care for two years, they can be permanently adopted. And these parents more or less told to just get their act together and and be off with you until you until you do that, you don't get your children back. But there's there's no support for these parents to get themselves back on track. So what hope have we got? If we're not looking after the whole family unit, then, you know, it, it obviously doesn't work. And we need to look after the, the parents in this situation also in terms of the support services that they require to get well and, um, and help get their children back. Women on the Line. And right around Australia, you've been listening to Women on the Line. We've just been hearing from Lydia Thorpe, representing the Grandmothers Against Removal in Victoria. We started this rallying on the 13th of February in Sydney to bring to light what's happening with our children and to try and stop legislation and docs from removing our children, stealing our babies and putting them in out-of-home care. We want our babies home with us. Our children are precious to us, as is every child to every parent in the world. Families often fight for many, many years to get their children back. With this new legislation, that time frame does not allow that child to ever come home. If we lose our babies, we have nothing. These babies are our futures that we have to nurture and care for. We can't do that when they're being ripped out of our arms and stolen. We want the violence to stop 
Stolen Generation has been around for many, many generations of Aboriginal people. This has to stop. It has never stopped. It has always been an ongoing thing and it still happens today. Let's make them accountable. Let's make them show their compassion in giving back our children. Let it start today, not tomorrow, not the next day, not next year. Let us put a stop to this now. The stories that you're hearing here today, they are a drop of rain from those clouds above. No matter where you go, the story is the same. You close your eyes, you listen to the voice. You listen to the story, the story is the same. No matter man, woman, child, ask the child, what impact is that having on you? Can you tell us, talk to us a little bit about the Bringing Them Home report? Because I know that, you know, we're saying that actually a lot of those things weren't implemented. And I'm just wondering what, uh, yeah, how we can understand this report in the current context of out-of-home care. The, I mean, you know, we can spend a lot of time on, on recommendations that come out of that, but they were never all implemented. And one of the, you know, a couple of the um, recommendations that stand out is about keeping these kids connected to the culture and keeping them in their community. So, you know, if we can't get those two recommendations um, fulfilled, then the, the other recommendations, you know, won't make much of a difference if we haven't started off with those, with those two um, priority areas. And, you know, we're still talking about the same thing 20 years later. So... I think that um, we need to revisit that and we need to continue a campaign to fulfil the rest of those recommendations to ensure that this, you know, we see an end to these removals. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is... My next question is kind of quite, I guess, quite a horrifying kind of thing to talk about, but I've heard Arnie Hazel, um, the grandmother's... Against removal in New South Wales, say that Aboriginal children in out of home care is contributing further to um, black deaths in custody. And yep. I was wondering if you could speak a bit to that and the abuse of that Aboriginal children experience in these um, homes. Well, there was one example um, that I can talk about that um, you know a, a family came to our meetings with, and that is that. You know, there's, there's a 10-year-old girl that there were five children taken away and put into care in, in New South Wales. And this Victorian grandmother is desperately trying to get them back here. And this little girl who's 10 is in extreme danger and to the point where she's tried to run away a number of times. Um, but also is torn because she doesn't want to leave her younger brothers and sisters behind. So there is there is known abuse happening in the care that she's been, you know, um, put into by the department. Mm. So to bring that to light 
you know, this this family had no legal representation and no support whatsoever. They couldn't go to the, the local organisations because it was out of the jurisdiction. There were all sorts of issues with that. But so that's just one example. But absolutely, I have, you know, no hesitations in thinking that um, this, can, this issue contributes to deaths in custody. I mean, it's a state of hopelessness. It's a state of, you know, if you can't be with your family and your people and your culture and your community and then you are put into institutions such as prison systems, then, yeah, it's, it's that state of hopelessness. What, what else is there? What is, what is there to come back to or what is there to, to believe in? So I support Annie Hazel's uh, comments on that and not only just the, the children that are ex, you know, experiencing abuse in, the, in these homes, but it's also for the parents who've had their children ripped out of their arms. As a mum and a grandmum, I, I can't imagine... Um, you know that hasn't. I've been fortunate that that hasn't happened to me. But you know, to, to personalise it and think it, think about that happening to yourself would would lead to a life of despair and and you know, alcohol and drugs and and um, risky behaviour. So yeah, I'm. Annie Hazel's just an amazing woman. You know, every single day we see this in our communities and um, I admire Annie Hazel for keeping up the strength that she has to continue this fight. We just need to get a movement behind us that can question the government at the federal and every state level on their practices and... and um, hold them to account. Mm -mm. I wanted to talk a little bit in the context of invasion days, you know, we're um, coming close to that. And, you know, as you said, that forced removals are now, um, we're, you know, reaching another stolen generation and that the forced removals are higher than they were 10 years ago. And I think I've heard someone say that actually they're were, they were higher now than they were during what we call the stolen generation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, over 230 years of still in a very colonised country. And I wondered, you know, if you could talk to how, how people should understand this relationship between dispossession of this land and the forced removal of children. Hmm. Well, you know, when, the, when we were invaded, it was an act of war. A war was, was brought upon these shores and our people resisted, our people fought and died protecting this country from the invaders. And from that time, 200 and, what is it, 50 years ago, 230 years ago, uh, there's been a, what, what feels like a continued assault on our people, mm. a continued injustice from the moment those ships came to the shores with their guns and their blankets with smallpox. Um, it's been a continued assault. We've had 
deaths in custody. We've had children removed. We've had ecocide, you know, our, our country being destroyed by mining and logging, our totems um, wiped out, and our sacred places wiped out. So it's all related at the end of the day. And, you know, it, it's like a continued genocide. They, they didn't rid us completely, which was what their intention was. So they continue to try and wipe out our people via these very sophisticated means of stealing children um, and killing our people in, in the prison system. And just finally, you said you did talk about you know how we'd really need a movement that gets behind the grandmothers against removal to question this system and fight. Um, for something different. I wonder what, what can people do who want to support this movement? Uh, well, we need volunteers. Um, we need resources to um, get these grandmothers together in the first place. So we, we need to have regular meetings that allow these grandmothers to tell their story. Um, I believe that... Um, you know, we need to not just bring grandmothers to Melbourne to have these meetings. I'd like to do a a, um, a statewide trip around the state to get to get all grandmothers' stories on what's going on. I'm sure that there's many, many more um, out there that are just suffering in silence mm. and allowing this system to take their children. So we need resources for those those things to happen um, to allow these grandmothers to have a voice. I'd, you know, I'd like um, volunteers such as people who can who can film these grandmothers telling their story mm. to get in the car and, and go for a drive to every community and, and be part of this. Um, we need lawyers and we need people that are willing to stand by and support these these grandmothers and grandfathers when you know there are grandfathers involved in this also but we need people to support them in court a lot of a lot of cases these these grandmothers and their children are going to court with nobody with absolutely no support mm. so we need people to stand by these you know this struggle um, in every sense of the word there is also a, um, a way to donate um, to the Grandmothers Against Removal cause. You could run events um, and raise funds for the, you know, to allow for their, them to continue to, to meet. You are listening to Lydia Thorpe representing Grandmothers Against Removal. That's all we have time for today. Women on the Line is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally by the Community Radio Network. A special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to womenonthelion at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. If you want to hear the show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website 
3cr.org.au. Go to the Wound Online page and follow the links to this week's show. If you would like to support the Grandmothers Against Removal, you can find out more information about this by going to the Women on the Line page at 3cr.org.au. And in ending today's show, I'll leave you with a song by Ruby Hunter, Let My Children Be. I've been your host, Amy McMurtry. Thanks for tuning into the show. But you